Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I want you to, to think about, have you ever wondered what happened on the day of Pentecost? What it means that the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, that the Comforter dwells in the church, or that the Helper comes upon uh, his people, upon uh, Christians. Now, Jesus promised his disciples that he would send us a Helper. Those was the promise that he gave to the disciples today. He referred to him as the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father. And he tells us that when he comes... He would testify of Jesus that we would bear witness of Christ. That he would come and that when he did, we would bear witness of Christ. Now, throughout Christian history, there have been countless examples of apostles, martyrs, and monks, people who lived very saintly lives, who testified clearly to the presence and the power of God in their lives. And you've probably met great men and women of faith who have lived holy lives and their lives really testify to the presence of truth in their life. We look around and we see people maybe in our lives who live a very inspiring faith, a life of conviction and a life that bears fruit of the Spirit. But then some days, We look ourselves in the mirror and all we see is lies. We don't see any power of God. We don't see any spirit of truth. We don't see any helper. And we ask ourselves and wonder, where is this promise of the Father? Sometimes we go through life wondering if there is any power at all. So where exactly is the spirit of truth that Jesus promised. One, for those of you who are a little bit, well, past third grade, I want to take you back to third grade, if you will. It was the first day of third grade in Miss Jenkins' class. She was having all her children introduce themselves. Each child had to say three things. They had to say their name, something fun they did over the summer, and their favorite flavor of ice cream. Now, The children, one by one, went through and they said their name and they began to share things that they did over the summer. Some of the kids talked about wonderful family vacations that they took. Others spoke about activities that they they did, like building a treehouse or learning to ride a skateboard or building a skateboard ramp or just fun, exciting, adventurous things that they had done over the summer. But everyone's favorite part was the favorite flavor of ice cream because it was never just a favorite flavor, right? It was like Rocky Road drizzled with sprinkles and a cherry on top. And by the very, very end of the, like about 10 people in, it was a banana split with a triple decker of soft serve, uh, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry with caramel drizzled on it. 
and whipped cream and chocolate chips and sprinkles and nerds. And like it was just, it was, everyone was having so much fun. Except for one little kid. There's one little kid who was sitting in the corner staring out the window. Now that little boy just a couple days before had been in Sunday school and he had heard a message about how God wanted to use him in that coming year to be a witness for Jesus Christ and that the Holy Spirit was going to help him do just that. But as he looked out the window, all he could do was dream and hope that somehow, miraculously, his name had been left off of the class roster. Because this kid had no ordinary uh, fear of public speaking. His hands were cold and clammy. His heart must have been beating at 180 beats per second, per minute, hopefully not per second. And he was, of course, convinced that when he finally spoke, that his voice would crack and that everyone would laugh. And sure enough, it did. And they all did. Year after year, it was the same pattern all the way through college. Anytime there was a presentation or so much as a need to introduce himself in his group, of, uh, like at school, it was the same pattern that happened. And he would begin to hear this inner voice, you are a failure. And one lie usually leads to another lie. You'll never amount to anything. You will never be good enough. And I'm not sure why the inner voice was in an Arabic accent, but nonetheless, it was. You can't change. Your siblings are more gifted than you. You'll eventually be happy when you get this one figured out. You're not worthy of love. You'll never overcome your fears. So where was the spirit of truth for that little boy? Now, as lies swim around in our heads, they only affect our thoughts, right? Not exactly. For sure, when they fill our heads, yes, they distort our self-image, but they also disfigure the way that we live out our lives. When our thoughts are messed up, we tend to live a very disfigured life. But they also have the ability to destroy our relationship with God and with others around us. I want you to think about the young woman who's overcome by anxiety because she believed the lie that everyone was always judging her. What about the dad who was afflicted by fear because he believed the lie that getting closer to God necessarily meant that something bad was about to happen? What about the wife who believed the lie that she wasn't worthy of love and acceptance, so she ended up hiding her true self year after year, fearing that if her husband were to actually see her true self, she would be rejected. Consider the child who all he wanted to do was draw others to Christ, but he believed the lie that he had to figure it out how to do it all on his own. Or maybe you can relate to the person who's trapped in a cycle of bondage because they believe the lie that in order to be accepted by others, they must always prioritize the expectations and wants 
of others. So where's the spirit of truth for all these people? And so because life has to go on and life is tough and God doesn't want us to live a lie, we try to get this thing figured out. We're told, look yourself in the mirror each morning and tell yourself how spectacular you are, how beautiful you are, how wonderful you are, and how much the world needs you and wouldn't be the same without you. You are a winner. We're reminded to fake it till you make it. Do the impossible and you'll never doubt yourself ever again. This must be exactly what God had in mind for us, right? Always think positive thoughts. So we work on positivity. God helps those who help themselves. Believe in yourself because God believes in you. But believing a lie doesn't take away the fear and anxiety. But that also doesn't stop people from grasping for the self-help industry with its nearly 15,000 books published each year in the US. But deep down inside, we know self-help can't really help either. And it's ultimately filled with what some folks call half-truths or the tech industry called misinformation or Gen Z calls cap or more commonly known as lies. Lies. Lies are everywhere and most people easily fall for them. Interestingly, the disciples also believed the lie. After Jesus was crucified, they were gripped by fear and locked themselves behind closed doors. Find that in John 20. They believed the lie that Jesus was dead and he was not coming back. The leader of their movement was gone. And what if they were next? What if everything they were told was a bold-faced lie? They needed help. <laughs> and so Jesus comes to them in the upper room and he speaks truth to them. He reminded them of the promise that he would return. And he remained with them for 40 days before leaving again. Now, some people have suggested that when he ascended after 40 days, that those, that gap period between ascension and Pentecost, those 10 must have felt like 10 very long days, must have brought back feelings of fear and anxiety for the disciples. But I don't think so. I don't think so. See, they had a promise they could trust from the promise keeper who had just conquered the final enemy. They didn't need self-help or positive self-talk. They needed God's help and they knew it. And they were going to wait for the promise that Christ had given them of the spirit of truth. While lies drive people into fear and bondage, the spirit of truth moves us to come out of hiding, to live as children of God, to walk freely from sin, to proclaim the good news. This is possible only because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Jesus promises his disciples that when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will also bear witness. And that's exactly what happened on that first day of Pentecost 
nearly 2,000 years ago. The apostles laid aside their anxieties and they came out of hiding when the spirit of truth testified of Jesus within the disciples and made them witnesses for Christ. See, St. Augustine, he reiterated that because the Holy Spirit would testify of Jesus, that you and you and you and you and you will also testify and you will also bear witness. He will inspire your hearts and you will proclaim with your voices. Now you do not testify because you do not yet have the fullness of the Spirit. But that's exactly what happened on that first day of Pentecost. And that's exactly what happened with St. Paul and St. Stephen. And that's exactly what happened with St. Moses the Black and St. Mary of Egypt. When the Spirit of Truth testified within them, they also bore witness. And the promise he gives us is you will also bear witness. The voice of deception, I assure you, will never stop speaking in the world around us. But we have to be assured that today the spirit of truth, he also speaks. The deceiver whispers in your heart that you're a failure. The spirit of truth reminds us that in Christ we are blessed. Just as one lie can lead to a, another lie, one word of truth can lead to more truth, can lead to blessing, can lead to grace, can lead to truth being poured forth in our lives by the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those promises are that God has plans to prosper you, that you are enough. In Christ, you are a new creation. You have a gift from the Spirit for the sake of the body of Christ. Your joy in Christ comes through fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You are his beloved, and we are more than conquerors. <laughs> I want you to think about the man who refused to accept the lie that he would always be in bondage to addiction. When he found true freedom by the testimony of the Spirit, he also bore witness. I want you to consider the young woman who turned away from the all-consuming lie that drove her to seek validation from others after the testimony of truth declared within her, you are enough. She also bore witness. What about the man whose life was transformed when the Spirit reminded him that he was forgiven, leading him to let go of bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness towards a friend who had betrayed him. He also bore witness. Think about that terrified young boy <laughs> at the beginning of the story who was unable to speak in front of his class because of his fear of disappointing others, that he would be a failure. A few years ago, he said that it was through the presence of God's spirit in his heart and the word of truth that he was accepted by the Father, that he overcame his fear of speaking in front of others and stood in front of 3,000 people one evening, one evening. He also bore witness. But we've got to be careful with something here because it's very easy sometimes to turn this into Christian self-help, which may be simply exchanging one set of lies 
for another set of Christian-sounding ones. It's important that we realize that we acknowledge that we hold on to the truth that our lives will only bear witness of truth when we open our hearts this morning during liturgy, tonight before you sleep, tomorrow on your way to work, at lunch when you read your Bible, when we open our hearts to the spirit of truth, the comforter, to come and to testify within us. Because when you are filled with the spirit of truth, you also will bear witness. All glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.